Hello, Sports and Spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. I think it's fine. I think you're fine. Oh. Welcome, everybody. Anthony and Chris's romance, also known as Sports and Spaghetti, <laughs> we're at the uh, we're, we're we're filming a kitchen episode today, and it was a good one. Um, today, you know, your boy was feeling a little thick over the week. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling a little thick over the week, so I wanted to make a nice little salad. Also, in conjunction with the the fruit and vegetable episode, kind of wanted to do that. You know, it was a little. Little one, two, little mix, little here, little there. Um, so today we made some we made some salad, and it wasn't just a normal salad. It was salad with love in it. Um, and by love, I mean pineapple. Pineapple was the star of the show. I think. I'm sure Chris will say something different, but I think pineapple was the star of the show uh, in this salad. And now you you'd expect there to be pineapple chunks, Chris, but you'd be wrong. No, you'd be wrong. So, uh, enough beating around the bush salad today. Uh, I'll give you the recipe because this is something you can make and it's really good. Uh, three heads, romaine lettuce, you chop that up real nice. And then a bag of baby spinach, and that's where the vegetable episode comes in because we know that's my number one. You're holding it back. I see you holding it back. <laughs> so those are your greens. Um, your add-ins, we did some strawberries. Um, some fresh strawberries, which were also on our list for fav- on my list for favorite vegetables. Um, That's a fruit. Stra- yeah, yeah. We did yeah. cucumbers, which was a vegetable. That's on my list. Um, we did some cucumbers. Go ahead. Uh, you finish. I'll wait. And then I made some homemade pickled onions for a little bit of uh, for a little bit of texture, a little bit of crunch, and a little bit of sour. And then we did some chicken. Now the chicken I marinated. And I diced up a whole pineapple, okay? And then I threw half the pineapple in the chicken marinade uh, in the blender. Now, what I mix with that is I mix something called coconut aminos. Now, Chris, you were familiar with coconut aminos because I went to go, you know, talk about how special I am with using the coconut (laughs) aminos. And you're like, yeah, no, I use them all the time. They're great. Well, well, I worked at Whole Foods for over a year and... Unfortunately for me, I, I people bought them all the time, and we use them in some of the marinades in the meat department, and so I learned about them there. I don't think the world <laughs> at large knows what coconut aminos are. Like, like I don't know if you just ask some regular person what they were. I didn't know what they know. were until I look. I had to look them up. So they were in a recipe I found. I was looking for some soy sauce alternatives. That's actually what it is. So uh, soy sauce, you're going to get your crazy MSG. You're going to get your crazy amount of sodium. It's not generally a very healthy condiment. Right, and even the lower, the reduced sodium one, which is what I usually use. I never use the full sodium one. And I'll tell you what, no recipe I've ever really cooked says use regular sodium soy sauce. It's very bad for you. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's, it's, there's a lot. I know it's not good for you, but uh, coconut aminos. Now, what coconut aminos are, taste, I was shocked. I had to taste it immediately right out the bottle, and it tasted just like soy sauce. Um, all coconut aminos are is 
the sap from a coconut palm tree, and sea salt. That's it. And it tastes exactly like like you could dip your sushi in it and not yeah not see a difference. Um, so I use that in the marinade. It's a little um, sweeter. It is slightly sweeter. But still the umami flavor of the soy sauce that mm-hmm. you want. And in a, especially like in a marinade or really anywhere, you really can't notice a difference if you're cooking with it. No, no, you can't. Um, and like I said, I used it in a marinade. So what I did was I did um, the coconut aminos. I did some uh, blended up pineapple. Uh, I like that more than pineapple juice because you get, you know, you get more of it and it's more of a pineapple-y flavor. Um I did some uh, tomato paste, and I'm indifferent. If I were to do it again, I wouldn't use the tomato paste. It added a tomato-y flavor, and I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan. Um, but that doesn't have to be perfect, right? No, no, it was right? still, trials it was still, and errors. It was still really good, but the issue, like I said, I wasn't. It was it was the to- I feel like the tomatoes made it gummy. Okay, yeah. Off the grill. Well, what I love about this is that when when people talk about food they make, mm-hmm. usually, and this is what sets us apart. From the rest of the podcasts you might listen to. When people make food, it's, oh, this was amazing. Oh, this was amazing. And yeah, most of the stuff we make is amazing. And the salad is no different. But we'll also talk about stuff that we that we tried that might have not been our favorite. Oh, of course. Because it's not, I mean, I'm no, I'm no Emerald Legacy, if you, huh. if you would. My knives are Emerald, but I'm no Emerald. No. Um, <laughs> There's not a lot of bam going on. There's a lot of pow going on. Yeah. And and this honestly, Anthony, despite what you would think about the tomato paste, it still is excellent. No, like I I said, I told Chris, I told my mouse, I would. This is a salad I would order at a restaurant. Yeah. But my favorite part about the salad was the dressing. Now I did a little bit of a pineapple vinaigrette, and this is something I kind of had an idea for, and I said, you know what, let's just throw something together. So I did the other half of that diced pineapple, threw that in the blender, um, and then I mixed it with some a uh, little bit of wine, red wine vinegar, uh, some salt, some pepper, a couple cloves of garlic. Um, I think I did a little water, and then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to let any good vinaigrette, especially the fruit, you're supposed to let it marry. You're gonna you're gonna put it in the fridge and you're gonna close your eyes and you're gonna let it do its thing, if you would. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> Jeez. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> There's some listen, whatever that vinaigrette wanted to do in the fridge. Hey, it did it. It did it. It did it. It completed um, the task. So you're supposed huh. to let it you're supposed to let it marry, do its thing, um, and then try it the next morning and adjust it. So as soon as I tried it, I gave it to my mouse and I said, there's something, we need something, we need some sweetness. Um, and I came in and I wanted to run it by Chris before, you know, before he tried it or before we ate it and he tried it. And first thing he said was it needs honey. So we were all on the same page. We were great. I added, I don't know, a tablespoon and a half. Of yeah. Honey, shook it up, shook it up real nice. And it was over the top. It and was now, so smooth, Anthony. Do you, know, do you know what the secret in that was? I didn't mention it. What? Honey mustard. I tasted yeah, that. Yes, yeah. they wanted you to use in in most vinaigrettes. They want you to use um, like a Dijon mustard. Yeah, like a stone ground. Yeah, said, you know what? I want the sweetness. Let me use my honey mustard. It was very good. I'm a fan. I was a fan of it. So salad, man. That one's for you, cousin Deb. Except for the chicken, but you know she doesn't eat chicken. But Chris, let me know how did you how did you 
give me your give me your rundown because you've been quiet since you've eaten it. Well, first of all, I love that it was a salad because the day of recording today is seven twenty three twenty three, and today's Grammy's birthday. And Grammy's featured in every episode in Grammy's Grind of the Week. So I thought it was really... And it wasn't planned that way, necessarily. I thought it was really cool to do a salad uh, on her birthday. Because uh, she always made uh, me salads. I would sometimes ride my bike over to her house after school, in high school. And uh, she would always have something made uh, and something ready for me. And so it was, and usually it was a salad, especially when I was... When I was losing some weight in high school after a, a slight uh, chunkiness period of my life, um, I'm still in that period. That's okay. <laughs> Except you rock it. Oh, no, I don't think it suited me. No, I look good. Yeah, you look <laughs> very good. Yes. So anyway, she would always make salad, and and it was not that different from what we had today. The dressing was not a pineapple vinaigrette. Okay, that's new for 2023. But it had all of the. The usual suspects that you'd find in this salad. Um, honestly, I thought it was fantastic. I thought that the amount of fruit in it was to my liking. I love fruit in a salad. Um, a lot of times at home, I'll do blueberries and strawberries and even raspberries, like like a berry salad with spinach. I told you last week, spinach is beautiful in a salad. Okay. But when it's wilted, that thing, right? It shouldn't be wilted. It has no business being cooked. Um, but it was act. It was excellent. I like the spinach in this salad a lot. It's a standout for me. I would have taken it all spinach and no romaine. I was almost going to do that. That's why I bought the two bags. Um, said, Let me go with some romaine. I, I mean, I'll never tell you no to romaine, but I think spinach is better than romaine lettuce. Yeah. Um. Uh. If it, it, I, if I had to do one or the other or mix, I would take one or the other. Yeah. But um, I love the pickled onions. I, I really did. Um, that's a new taste for me in a salad. Um, it was excellent. The dressing stole the show, though. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, that dressing, I think that's going to be a staple in the household now. I think anytime we make a salad because it's easy to whip up. And if, it's, and if you're out of season, you could always cheat and you could use the pineapple juice. Um, obviously adjust your recipe accordingly because you're not going to have the pineapple pulp and everything that's blended and stuff like that. But... It's still, I mean... I feel like, like everybody's said, got their own dressing. I might. I think this is my, I mean, this I think is this your is dressing. my dressing. So I made this dressing with Grammy. I'm going to bring her up a few times. I'm sorry in advance. It's No, I'm not. It's her no, birthday. Not. I, I made this dressing with her um, all the time. And it, it was very simple. And it used the Good Seasons packet, which has so much salt in it. Um, but we would do it the same way every time. Uh, we'd do the oil. We'd do rice wine vinegar. Always rice wine vinegar. What? Uh, we experimented with all that. We did tarragon vinegar. We did champagne vinegar. We did all kinds, right? Balsamic, white balsamic, you name it. I would do half white balsamic, half rice wine vinegar, the olive oil, um, the packet, and a little water. And that was it. Like, it just was perfect. It was light. It was perfect. And so... I like this that you now have made a dressing that you th- it's easy enough to make and that you know you can use it all the time. It's so good. Well, the thing too is you don't even have to blend it if you're using the pineapple juice. If you if it's pineapple juice, you can just whisk it up. Right. Um, I love the fruit yeah. the fruit dressings. I like even I'm not a raspberry guy. Like raspberry flavored anything, yeah. but I'm a big raspberry vinaigrette 
fan. You made a raspberry vinaigrette that, that blew my balls off for yes. Thanksgiving. Yes. I do like it in that application with some walnuts. Yeah, uh, time. You know... Oh, yeah, that was pre-pod. That was, yeah, it was. That was kind of what inspired us because I had my fist in the turkey. Oh, we're going to... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, somebody should record this. We're going to have to do a Friendsgiving episode. Oh, it's going to be a blowout. Oh, it's going to be a blowout. You're going to hear from all of our friends. <laughs> that now I, I'm not listening. That Most of the friends don't even listen, so I, we can just talk shit about you here. Yeah. Yeah. Demersky. I was just going to say Demersky. I'm, I'm your cruise. Oh, I'm busy. You drive. I'm talking directly to you, Bri. The man brought a whole ham to Friendsgiving. After we cooked a five-course dinner, he comes in with a spiral ham. And now you're going to... And now you're going to... we had to cook the rest of the way. You're going to get it now, Demersky. There was an entire ham just sitting there all alone. He's on a cruise right now. Good. He, he came He came in and he texts me in our group chat. He goes, boys, this ship is huge. I said, yeah, man, they do that now. <laughs> what did you expect? A rowboat, Brian? This is not a smash. It's a, po- it's a pontoon cruise. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> a 19-foot pontoon. <laughs> Come on. Where, where is he? Uh, he's going to some island. What is he? Queen of the Seas or something? <laughs> I don't is know. It the boat? I don't know. Titanic two? No, we don't. No, I don't say that. <laughs> he already has one eye. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so That's one good. other one other thing I want to lead you into asking me is, uh, did you enjoy the Did you enjoy the pickled onions? I just, I said that already. Do I know, said I loved it. Do you know where I got those from? No. I made them. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Man. Yeah, see, it led you right into that. How do you know? It's my, like leading a horse to right. water. Um, no, I, I, I show business to that. Yeah, you did that was very good. I made, some, um, I made some pickled onions. Um, and that I added them to the salad because I wanted some onion flavor. But I felt like a regular red onion would be way too harsh for yes. this. So I said, I want some crunch. Don't really want to add walnuts. I'm not a big walnut guy. I am, but I don't, you know, you got to be in the mood for a good Yes, time. it has to be the time um, and place. So I was in the mindset of I want some crunch. I need some some texture. So I was like, you know what? Let me make some pickled red onions. And that's super, super easy. Um, I actually took an old Clawson pickle jar that I kept for some reason. Um, to make this. Exactly. Um, just took some regular red onion and I sliced it super, super thin. Um, you could use a mandolin. I don't have one, so I just worked on the knife skills a little bit. Um, you just throw them in the, the jar, and then you take, uh, it's half water, half, um, regular distilled white vinegar, uh, a third of a cup of white sugar. You could use cane sugar. You could use brown sugar. I didn't want to go too crazy sweet. Um, and then you just add... It's like a third of a tablespoon of salt. I added however much salt I wanted. Um, you could put whole garlic cloves in, and it's actually really cool. When garlic boils, it turns blue. I don't know if you knew that. Um, but uh, you could do that if you want to. You didn't have to. I didn't for this because I wanted the onion to shine, and I feel like it really did. So I left it. I didn't do a, I didn't do a long pickling process. I did a fairly quick one overnight um, in the fridge. And I did that to keep the crunch of an onion because it felt it felt like you were eating an onion, but that it, was it right. tasted a little. That different. was the right decision. And now I'm happy I have these because you could throw them on burgers, you could throw them in anything, and then now I have a nice little condiment that I can. It's keep, excellent that I can keep. But 
I wanted to pat myself on the back for that. It's excellent. And the reason why I haven't eaten the whole thing is because I woke up very late today. And you're not hungry. And and I and I ate it and I'm gonna pick at it as I see fit. Appreciate it was that. Excellent. I appreciate that. Thanks. Mark. I'll never not eat a salad. <laughs> I will never turn down a salad. Oh man. Oh man. I mean it's the ultimate cut meal. It is. It is. Now you can good. ruin a salad with with Unhealthy stuff like ranch. Of course. But, so I'll, I'll have to give you a recipe. There's actually there's a low-cal ranch that I want to try. Yeah? And uh, it's... And I don't it's like big. ranch on salad, though. No, I, I see. I'm a big... Like my tenders. I'm a big tenders and ranch I can guy. Do that. I'm a good I'm a good pizza crust and ranch guy. What I'm guy. saying is you could ruin a salad. You could make a salad unhealthy high. Baby. Oh, of course. Of course. You can make a salad unhealthy. Um, but this one was not. It was very healthy. It was very delicious. No, this one was good. Like I said, the, the chicken, you don't have to do the chicken. I was thinking about doing this with shrimp as well. Um, so I feel like that's a possibility. Even if you want to grill up a steak, throw a steak on this. It all works. Maybe some salmon. You know, do it as you see fit. Um, so let me know what you think about the salad. Make it yourself. Make it yourself. You don't have to make the, the homemade uh, dressing and the homemade pickled onions. I very much advise you do. It took me all of 15 minutes to do both. But, uh, yeah, try the salad. Make it. Let me know what you think. Um, and speaking of letting people know what they think, Hi. it's time. To tell you, olives are a fruit. Oh no! I was going to say in no particular order. Oh. I was hoping. I was hoping to just breeze by that, but oh. you're not going to let that happen. Hi. No, I'll let it go. No, I know you've been you've been hyped up for this. No, olives are it not is. a vegetable. Olives are not a vegetable, Sabrina. I know. <laughs> olives are a fruit, and you're going to tell me they're in the same family as these other two things, and. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, it's a fruit. I looked it up. I was at the gym yesterday, Anthony, and I said, are olives, I looked it up on my new Apple Watch, are olives a vegetable? Hi, Sabrina. Technically speaking, they are a fruit as they contain a seed and grow from a flower of a plant. I'm not going to read the next sentence, but I'm just going to leave. What's the next sentence, Chris? I don't know However, it's savory taste means that people refer to it as a vegetable, for it would be rarely used in any form of sweet cooking. But oh, oh, wait. So kind of like no, so they are small like, fruits. So kind of like botanically, how garlic is also a, uh, also uh, no, a vegetable. it is it is botanically and and literally a vegetable. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's not used like that. Yes, it is. Garlic is used as a spice the same way... You tell me how it was used as a spice today in that dressing. How was it used as a spice? It wasn't used as a... It wasn't used as a... I didn't make a garlic dressing. How was garlic used as a spice in a sauce? It added flavor to it. I did not... Is there is there sliced garlic in the salad? I would have sliced garlic in the salad. Roast it up. Hi. You would also have... You would also have olives in a salad. Never. Okay, but if you do... Okay. Okay, if you're having a regular salad with olives in it, is that now a fruit salad? Yes. No, it's not. It's just it's a normal salad, Chris. It's a fruit salad, it's a Anthony. Normal, it's a normal salad. Gar- okay. No, you're going to lose this argument. I'm not going to lose You are going to lose. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tag on this. If so you're going to say something, come to the microphone. If you have tomatoes on a salad, what is it? It would not be on my salad because they're matter. disgusting. It doesn't matter. Aunt they're not said, in the top five. And just said that if you put olives on a salad, what would you call it? Fruit salad. Okay, so what about tomatoes? So it's a fruit salad. Tomatoes no, it's fruit. not. Nobody calls that a fruit salad. Well, I wouldn't eat it. Would you also mix tomatoes in with like melons and berries? No. no. That's a fruit salad. 
It is a fruit salad, but I wouldn't. Eat, I would pick out the tomatoes. It would yeah, be acceptable. Just because it's called a fruit doesn't mean that we could consider. House number fruit. two. Your opinion is now needed. No, I think you're wrong. I think. I think you're wrong. I think olives are disgraceful and they're a fruit. I don't disagree with the fact that they're disgraceful, but I do disagree with the fact that we consider them a vegetable. They're not a vegetable, though. But we literally, consider them a vegetable. Yeah, but garlic's also a vegetable. He's telling me garlic's a spice. Yeah, yeah, you need to stop with that part. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's technically you nice. can roast. You can roast an entire head of garlic and eat it straight out the 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 head. I'm not arguing against olives here. I'm arguing for garlic. You can roast an entire thing of garlic, cut it in half, roast it up with some olive oil on top. And it gets so good. And you know I'm right here. I know. I know. We've made it before. We made so it when you're eating that, is it a spice? Yes. No, it's not a I, spice. It's ridiculous. I use it to season. That is absolutely ridiculous. You can eat it straight out. You can eat it straight out of the oven. You can roast that thing and take it out of the oven. And with a spoon like a grapefruit, go in there and eat it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can do that. But that doesn't change the fact that it's not a traditional vegetable. But it's still the best vegetable. It is pretty good. It is not the best vegetable. Y'all get out of here. Be quiet, Orange It's not your pepper. podcast. <laughs> Orange <laughs> That was on my list. Yeah. Hey, what's Jules' favorite vegetable? Jules. Where is she? I think she's laying down. Come here. Oh. No, come hither. What's her favorite? Oh boy, her favorite. I'm gonna go say the wrong one so she gets her, up. Her favorite vegetable. The joke would be cucumber because she hates those. She doesn't like cucumbers. I, think I know her, that. I think her favorite vegetable is probably. I'm gonna go tomato. I've seen In her any application, I'm, dude. I've seen her eat cherry tomatoes. It's a fruit. A, I've seen her eat. Cher- Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I've seen her eat cherry tomatoes with a fork and just dip it in mayo. Re- oh. <laughs> oh, that's a different argument. The mayo argument. The mayo that's argument. for a different day. That's that's neither nor. <laughs> right? Fair. I don't like fresh tomatoes, and I know you don't, I don't either. Like any tomatoes? You like tomato sauce? Well, of course. I like them in application. I don't like. You know what I'm thinking? Remember how we said it was a texture issue? Yeah. I don't think it's a texture issue. I think I it's thinking, a flavor issue. I was thinking about this when I was cutting them. They burst the same way a grape bursts. Right, and, and they're no lovely. Problem, and I have no problem with a grape. Cutting tomatoes is lovely, especially the grape ones, the little good, cherry I tomatoes. Good B-roll if you want to watch it. Oh, it's awesome. It's excellent. It's great. I would... No, no. I think tomatoes are nice looking. I think they they look nice wherever they are. I just don't like how they taste. I, d- I think I think the fresh taste of them, it's like the smell of coffee versus the flavor of coffee for me. Like coffee tastes okay, but the f- smell of it is way better. Like with tomatoes, like the smell of uh, the, 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 the taste of a raw tomato is so different than a cooked tomato. And my mouse will go to bat saying that they're very similar. I'm telling you right now, as what am I eating? A frozen cucumber? That's good. I'm telling you right now, tomatoes are very different depending on how they're cooked. Absolutely. 
Anyway, I'm done with that now. I'm over it. Are you? Mm-hmm. You're done with it. You're not over it. Yeah, I'll put it to the side. To the for side. Now. It's on the back burner. It's at a little simmer now. Yeah. This will blow up in two, three years. <laughs> this is coming to a head. <laughs> it will. Definitely will. Um, but, okay, now let's get back to what I was trying to breeze past this argument to get to. And that is, oh, God, he's putting it on his eyes. I'm here. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, good. The good, I'm the bad. <laughs> the good, the bad, the eh. This is Mr. Chris Walker, and this is in no particular order. All right, let's start with the ad today, because it's not in any order. So, Lutton Town is a Premier League soccer team. I'm going to talk about soccer as long as I'm on this podcast. I have to represent my the other sport that I'm a big fan of, especially in my dad as well. So, Lutton Town um, was in the English Championship, and they were promoted to the Premier League because they were in the top three teams. Uh, when it was all said and done. So they play at a stadium called uh, Kenilworth Road. Now on my screen here, Anthony, and for those of you, if you're listening and you're not in your car, go look up Lutton Town, L-U-T-O-N Town. This is their stadium, okay? So as you can see to the left of the stadium is, is neighborhoods, right? Like literally, like adjacent, like closer to my, closer than my house and my neighbor's house. Closer than your house and the, your, the police station is, is these houses. I mean, it's literally right up against the stadium. There's like an alleyway in between the stadium and, and the residences. The residences. Like, it's like these apartments near here. You know, it's just residential area. The stadium has been their stadium since they started, um, since they started playing soccer. Which... Now, I was not prepared for this, and I should be. That's an absolute shame. It was The stadium was built in 1905, so it's very old. Um, it's over 100 years old. It's, over 100, it's about 120 years old. It's not ready or capable of hosting a Premier League caliber team. And what that means is they've been forced to postpone their first Premier League home game of this season after failing to guarantee that the $10 million upgrade of their stadium will be ready in time. They were promoted from the National League, which is the fifth tier, in 2014. Then they defeated Coventry City in the championship final last season in May to secure a place for the very first time. So great for Luttontown, right? And, and it's not even that they're the ones that are the eh. It's the situation here. So they insisted that the, the building would be ready. So the capacity is only just over 10,000 fans. And it's too small. They had to postpone their first game on August 19th against Burnley. Um, they will travel to Brighton uh, during week one. Uh, Kenilworth Road is undergoing a program of extensive ground improvements to be ready to host Premier League football. A new stand will have to be built to meet broadcast and media requirements. And the field is under undergoing renovations. Now, they received a like a like a, an exemption from the Premier League so that they didn't have to have underfield heating. All the other fields have underfield heating uh, in the case of snow and ice and stuff like that. And just to keep it, you know, yeah, heated, yeah. the grass nice. 
Um, that was already exempted for them. And so now they're, they're trying to make, they need to make uh, the capacity about a thousand more. Uh, it's crazy. And this is why I love soccer. That's why I love English football. Because of stuff like this. This team's never been in the Premier League ever. Ever. And now they have to fix their stadium just to meet specifications. I love it. Now, my my thoughts on that, right, are, yeah, it's cool that you're in the Premier League, but, like, dude, what are the advantages? I'm assuming playing in the Premier League is going to it's going to get you enough money where you could afford these renovations and stuff like that compared to other leagues, correct? If they stay up, yeah. Yeah, my thing is, like... Well, they were given $10 million. Oh, they, I didn't realize they were given money. Hey, the so, mouse is here. You can't, you can't run away. What's your favorite vegetable? Say it here. I don't know. I mean, it depends. No. Nope. Like for like if like say we're having dinner and like I have to pick a vet like. A Gun to your head. Vet. What's your favorite vegetable? Pick your, okay, you're I very indecisive. I know it that. It depends. Like I don't want to say one of my favorite because I don't really have. Well, you're gonna offend yourself. Vegetable. No, but like. You're gonna offend the vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I went with tomato, but Chris very. Quickly no. point out. Like, like, I don't fruit. eat that as, like, yes, I ha- eat it with stuff, but I don't eat it as, like, that's not like my side vegetable when I have, like, a protein So what is? Starch. I don't know. I mean, I grew up eating, like, you're carrots, a, You're broccoli. a squash gal. Your mom makes zucchini, health, zucchini Your mom makes good priz carrots. Um, now, I know last week you guys, I mean, I actually thought this was going to be one of your, actually, there was two I thought were going to be yours. One, I thought it was going to be asparagus. I don't like asparagus. Asparagus was... Just off the list. Um, Brussels sprouts, if they're made correctly. Those were also just off the list. But I also wouldn't consider them my favorite. I don't really have a... You can fuck up a cob of corn, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you you no. like corn. No, you don't like corn? I know I like corn. I just don't like it as my favorite. Vegetable. Maybe carrots? Mm. No. Um. Oh, we can think on it. Yeah, we can think on it. What's your favorite fruit? Did the did mouse number one say the fruit her favorite fruit? I don't know. Melissa, what's your favorite fruit? Um, no, she's mad at you for that. Sabrina's are strawberries. I like strawberries. She wants I like we have pineapple. I like watermelon, but I only. I think blueberries. Blueberries, yeah. Sabrina likes those too. Pineapple is a good one. Pineapple is a good one. Um, we have some in the fridge. That was your number one. That was my number one. It was your number two. It was my number two. Yes. Very yeah, good. I, I do. I do like zucchini. All right. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, uh-uh. in any you, you can go back to whatever project you were doing. Yes. We we grabbed you on oh, the way. I know. We we got her in the middle of a busy time. <laughs> we grabbed her on the way. Um, now, Chris, my question um, that I was going to add another lead, ask another leading question, just because we were talking about soccer, um, I wanted to do this during the in no particular order, just because soccer is not you know obviously the star of the show here, but. Uh, so Lionel Messi obviously is playing in the MLS. He scored the game-winning goal in his yes. first game because, of course, he would because it's Lionel Messi. Yes. But he is setting a standard that I don't know. I don't. You you probably know of it. Not a lot of people will know of it. He's setting the standard where he's come out and said, "Listen, I'm the athlete I am. I'm a supreme athlete, which he is. He's one of the greatest soccer players of all time." Um, he refuses to play on artificial turf. He will only play on grass. Um, 
Now, in the MLS, that means he's willingly, and his team is letting him, sit out games against Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, FC Cincinnati, Nippert Stadium. Unfortunately for us in New England that want to see Messi, when Miami comes up to Gillette, he will not be playing because Gillette is artificial turf. Um, The Portland Timbers, they play on turf. Seattle Sounders and the Vancouver Whitecaps. So there are five, what is it, five or six teams where Messi won't play. Now, what do you think of that? I just want your opinion. I'm nobody, but stop. Play no, the game. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. The difference that the difference that see this is what happens when you play a sport that's on ice all the time. The difference play the between game. The I'll difference, play. I'll play street hockey. The difference, okay, but you're still not on grass. The difference between natural grass and artificial turf is astonishing. I know it is. I've played on enough of both. I get it, but. Just play the game. You I think take, soccer players are such babies. You, but you got to take care of your knees, Chris. You got to take care of your knees, your Achilles. Look at all the soft tissue injuries, and look at all the the um, the, the the tears and the non-contact stuff. I mean, MetLife the MetLife turf is considered one of the worst in the NFL, and it's it's I mean almost single-handedly gave the 49ers, I think it was Nick Bosa. No, it was Trey Lance when they finished so low and they just had to trade up. I mean, they got gutted from injuries because it was mostly on that turf. Turf is turf is rough. I mean, I played on one turf at Watertown my whole football career or whatever. Um, and then as soon as we went to Westcon, I tore it. You know, I tore the knee up um, because the turf was different. It felt different. I felt it. I mean, it's you say it's the same thing, but... It's not the it's same. Not, it's not the same. There's different underneath. I Listen, I'm all... Let's go. I'm natural. I think I think every football field should go to natural. I, well, I, that's a different okay. argument. I agree with you there. I don't think there should be artificial turf on a soccer field. That's how I feel about it. I mean, that would be like playing golf on an artificial green. Yeah. On an artificial... Yeah. It's like mini golf. Yeah. Like a mini golf course, even the hardest ones, because there are some like really hard mini golfs that mimic like a real green and stuff. It's if it's not a real green, it's not going to give you the same, you know, reaction with the ball. I get it. I get it. I think soccer players are just notoriously babies. I mean, if you're messy for your health, sure, say what you want. I say play the games. I get it though. I get both sides of it. Okay, I just I just wanted to ask because I feel like I was, I don't know. I I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I thought I was. Not alone, and I'm happy I wasn't alone. Um, so you can continue with your in no particular order as I eat some frozen cucumber. So the the bad this week, I'm so sorry to do this. I'm going to make up for it with the good for Grammy today on her birthday. But the bad is the Mets. Um, so the Mets, as bad as the Yankees have done um, this season, and as much as we've bashed them, and I'm sure we'll continue to bash them today, because they don't do anything right. The Mets are really bad. Uh, they're forty-six and fifty-two as of today. They're playing the Red Sox, which is which is uh, unique, and and the reason why it's unique is because they like rarely play each other. I love that. Yeah, but every time they play each other, they have nothing better to do than chant Yankees suck, which is pretty funny. To right. Me. Well, they have reason to do it this year. Um, uh, it's it's a bad situation for the Yanks, but the Mets, nothing is going right, and. Just today, you told the world in this house that the Mets are going to be hearing offers 
on Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Now, if you've got these two pitchers on your team and you're in first place, and you're in first place like the Mets might have thought they had a chance at being this season, then you're not getting rid of either of these guys. No, no absolutely not. However, I, the time... For the Mets to win is is not happening right now. They're not. It's not. It's worse than the Yankees. It's more dire than the Yankees. They are not buying at the deadline, and they and and their ownership and management has said that they are still considering buying. Well, I mean, you guys, you'll hear it next week. Garbage. Spo- spoiler for next week. We're going to go back to my predictions episode, mm-hmm. and we're going to see how that worked out, and if I was right or if I was wrong. But. Well, the deadline's on the first. We're going to miss it. Man. It's going to drop. Our episode's dropping on the deadline. That's why this is our deadline episode. Right. Next okay. Week. So anyway. Um, listen. I said Buck wasn't the answer. He was too old school. I said throwing money at 40-year-old pitchers was not the answer. I said having an aging, quote-unquote, aging starting rotation or aged starting rotation at this point, and no bullpen was not the answer. And you could blame injuries, but no, you can't if you're a Mets fan because who's your injury? Edwin Diaz, that's it. Everybody else stayed healthy. Um, it was it was a stupid it was a stupid move from the start to sign Scherzer and a stupid move to sign Verlander. And I said it. And you're you're reaping what you sow now. I mean, you have to think of. Anybody that has played sports, and I know most of you listening have played sports at one part, your senior night, let's say, I mean, most of us, will we'll be fair, most of the listeners peaked in high school or played some college or something like that, but when you think it's your, your last game ever, you're empty in the tank. If you're Justin Verlander, was that not his empty the tank season last year when he won the Cy Young in a World Series? I think that was his empty the tank season, and you can see that his tank is empty. I mean, the guy's walks have been uncharacteristically high. He walked six guys in his last start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, his his pitching, it's not good. It's not at the level of an ace or a two or a three. Now, if you use him and let's say you can't trade him and he's just a detriment out of the out of, as a starting as a starter, throw him in the bullpen. I mean, these guys have these historically good starters. They could have life as an aging bullpen guy where, listen, I can't touch – this um this anymore I, I don't have this or I don't have that but they go ahead and they you know go ahead and empty the tank in an inning in the bullpen I think that's cool but listen man the Mets are not it they're in a lot of trouble and their farm system's not great um I think I think if you're the Mets everybody everybody except Alvarez obviously everything everybody except Alvarez and maybe Pete Alonso I think those are those are your only untouchables yeah if I'm being honest. All right, the good. So Connor Bedard, um, who is the the newest Connor McDavid, um, just was drafted by the Blackhawks and is was their number one overall pick. And they are going to be um, they're going to be facing off the Hawks with the Penguins um, <clears throat> during the season opener, and. He's facing Sidney Crosby in his first game, and this was the quote. I was trying not to look at the schedule. People were telling me I didn't want to look too hard. Man, if I'm able to make the squad come October, 
That's my idol ever since I can remember. That would be unbelievable. So we're getting to the point where Sidney Crosby is the idol of these guys. And I can hate on this guy as much as possible, but it's time to look at why Connor Bedard would say something like that. Uh, Sidney Crosby's been my least favorite NHL player for the past 15 years. Uh, he's been my, he was my Grammy's absolute favorite hockey player of like all time. Um, and there's good reason. Um, the guy put up 93 points last year in his 35 uh, year old season, his 18th year in the league. That was his most points since 2018-2019. Um, with the exception of that year, it was his most points since 2013-14. The guy has been an all-star just about every year. He was voted the number one greatest player of all time uh, in the NHL 100 greatest uh, list in 2017 during the 100-year, the centennial. Um, Yeah, it's the Sidney Crosby show uh, for my good this week. Is he the best player of all time? Maybe. Um... Uh, is he the best penguin of all time? I think he is. I mean, Mario Lemieux, people are going to argue he's better. I think that if you could be in a conversation with Gretzky and Lemieux, then uh, that's a good conversation. conversation. I think if you're talking about goals scored overall, um, uh, Ovechkin might beat Gretzky eventually. That does not make you the best player of all time. It makes you the greatest goal scorer of all time. I don't think you're going to find a better player in the world still that can make plays happen like Sidney Crosby. There's no better playmaker in the history of the game than Sidney Crosby at all. I mean, the man was a he was a broken play magnet. Dude, I mean, <laughs> he took a page out of the book of all of the the guys that came before him and he just made it even better. I mean, he's had a few injuries here and there, but the guy is absolutely one of the best, if not the best player ever to play in the NHL to this point. Chris, you're gritting your teeth right now. How hard was that for you? <laughs> well, people are going to say Gretzky is the is the GOAT. And no, I'm, I'm, saying, not just, I'm just saying talking nicely about Sidney Crosby. Well, it's Grammy's birthday. I, I didn't have a... Uh, <laughs> you really didn't have a choice. No. I, I had to say something good. Um... But yeah, I hate I hate when the Islanders play the Penguins. This dude's always scoring. Uh, I'm not going to talk nicely about Evgeny Malkin because <laughs> I think he's worse. Um, but yeah, this uh, shout out to Sid and shout out to Connor Bedard for making that statement and reminding everybody of why Sidney Crosby is who he is. I mean, generationally. Now this this isn't on our this isn't on our itinerary for the pod today. But I like what you said, so let's let's. Spread it out a little. I don't have a lot to yell at today. So, uh, generationally, right? Let's look at all these sports. You have. It's crazy to see the changing of the guard from when we were kids now, and it's. I don't like it. I mean, like baseball. We were. We grew up with Jeter and A Rod and Nomar and Poppy and Manny and all these players, and now it's like I, I had somebody come into my store the other day, and he was eight years old, nine years old, and I asked him. He's looking for an Angels hat. I looked at him like, why are you looking for an Angels hat? And he's like, Shohei Otani's my favorite player. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't like Jeter or anything like that? Or nothing like And he's like, what? No. I, I've never, I mean, he was eight. He never, I don't think he ever saw Jeter play. Like, consciously saw Jeter play. And that just hit me and I was like, oh. Like, we're old now. And, and 
the immaculate grids, especially when I do them, I'm like, oh, this player played in 2008, and I can guarantee you, if I ask, shout out Matt Langdon, I, if I ask Matt Langdon, he probably won't know who this player is. Like Matt, like text me when you hear this. Do you know who Gerald Laird is? I do. It's what I'm saying. Like I know. Do you know who Rod Barajas is? Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's it's crazy. Miguel Cairo. Miguel Cairo and his big ears. He had those massive ears. So Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent was good. Jeff Kent. Ready ready for a blast. I used this on a Immaculate Grid the other day. Aaron Hill from the Blue Jays. Brian Dozier. Um who else do we got? Some like it's just the thing is like it's the, the changing of the guard is crazy. And I always used to make fun of like Boomers will say. I used to always make fun of older people for being like, oh, the game's different. And uh, back in my day, we had Roger Maris. And Jeremy like, Accardo. <laughs> back in my day, we had Roger Maris. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about Roger right. Maris. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, we know. And then, and then I'm talking about guys like Moose and Pettit and Jeter. And I like I can talk about Andy Pettit until, Pettit until the cows come home. We know this. But if I'm talking to a 10-year-old at my store, they're going to be like, Who? Yeah, Andy Pettit. What? And I'm like, yeah, the guy that put the glove in front of his in front of his face to intimidate everybody. I'm like, who? Who? Who is Andy? P-? It's just, I mean, we have batting practice jerseys in the store, and there's a 51 for the Yankees, and everybody and their mother knows that's Bernie Williams. The amount of times, because there's no name on it, I have to explain to a child who 51 on the Yankees was. It makes me sick to my stomach. That's bad. It makes me sick to my stomach. But that's one thing that I do have to give shout outs to the grids for is it, it keeps me young. It keeps the it keeps the group chat with the boys going. We do it every day. Um, and it keeps me laughing because if you remember last week, Chris didn't do very well. No. Chris had some struggles. Now off camera in about forty minutes, Chris finished. <laughs> so today was a different story. Chris, let's uh what do we got for the day today? What ah. do we have today? For my for my grid, yeah, your hockey grid. Oh, I did it. I did exceptionally well. I got eight out of nine today. Did you? Yes, I did. Did you do eight out of nine? What were the What were the groups? So I have I have uh, Predators Canadians. This one was really easy because uh, I'll give you a hint on this guy. Do you know who it is? Predators no. So this guy is an analyst on ESPN now, and he he talks a lot. Oh, is it, um, what's his name? Subban? Yeah, 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 Subban, yeah. So that one was easy. You got Predators and Penguins, and which is interesting because they met in the finals um, in, what was it, 2017. Yep. And um, so this guy's played for both of them. You got it. Who was that? Uh, I got it while washing dishes. Chris was doing it, and I turned around and I said, wasn't James Neal on both of those teams? Like, just the name I pulled. James Neal's uh, been around the league a lot. He has. Um, Pretty good set of mitts on him too. Yeah, James Neal, a good good player. So um, the next one I got that was really that was really not that easy was Predators Capitals. I had to really dig deep here, and I took a guess and I got it right. Uh, and you know, it was Joel Ward. Uh, Joel Ward, hold on. He was he's forty two now. He yeah he ended his career in two thousand twenty. Um, he spent most of his season with Nashville and then played for Washington for a few seasons and then finished with the Sharks. I knew him as a Shark the most. 
So I was like, did he really play for Washington? <laughs> I was like, really? I forgot about that whole era of him. Um, then there's uh, Canadians Hurricanes, which was pretty easy. It's the guy who plays now. Do you know who it is? Canadians Hurricanes. What? Who is he with now? The pl- what team does he play for now? The Hurricanes. Um. No. He was drafted number three in 2018. He was born July 6, 2000. Number three in 2018. I feel like I should know it. I don't know it. Yes, Barry Cuckany. I did know that. Uh, The next one that was really easy was Penguins Hurricanes. Started his career with the Penguins. The captain of the Hurricanes. Oh, you're, you're asking me? Jordan Stahl. Jordan Stahl, yeah. yes. Um, Eric Stahl used to be the Hurricanes as well. Uh, the Stahl family's all in. So the one I did not get, I'll save for the end. Flames Canadians. This one, again, these are pretty easy for me today. Um, the guy didn't spend a whole lot of time with um, the, with the Canadians, but... He did play with them, and he's a flame now. And he played most of his career with the Kings so far. He's only 30. Were you asking me again? Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Most of his career with the Kings, okay, uh, then went to Montreal for two seasons. Now he's a flame. Only 30. His name is in alliteration. I have no idea. TT. I have an idea, but I'm going to embarrass myself, so just say, say it. Just I don't want to say it. I want you to embarrass is it. Is it not Tay? It's not Tebu, is it? Tebu, Terry, Terry. No, that's not a bad guess, though. It's Tyler Toffoli. Oh, oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. I know. Well, not, I didn't know guess. I didn't know that. I just knew the name. It's not bad at all. Tara Vinan's a hurricane. Yeah, no, that's hurricane. why I'm saying. I'm like, I know he's not. I don't know if it's just the double T. That's the first that's person I thought of. So, Flames and Penguins. Now, this one... Took me longer than it should have. Flames and Penguins. This guy is retired. So he was a career-long flame and went to the Penguins very, very briefly at the end of his career to try to win a cup. Do you know? No. No, I don't. And then he bounced around and went to Boston, Colorado, and then the Kings for a... Short stint. Jerome McGinley. You oh, I know. Yeah, no, I know, I know him. I didn't realize. I didn't realize he was on the Penguins. I know him as a flame. That's all I've ever known him as. He's a I don't even realize he. Thirteen hundred points exactly in his career. Yeah, he's with. Uh, he does something in the front office of the Flames now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then the last. His, didn't his, I don't want to cut you off. Didn't his son just get drafted? Or did he? I think so. Or he's about to get drafted, or he's a he's a stud. Um. I'm pretty sure because I saw, like I said, if I didn't pick the Wild, if, if Kirill didn't come up out of nowhere, I was a Flames fan. I told you this. I was going to pick them because the Saddle Dome. He is on, he's in 06, which makes him 17. Yeah, I was saying, didn't he, or he's playing junior somewhere. He did. He, he just plays did juniors. He just did something, and I saw I saw it on the he Flames. He plays for the Seattle Thunderbirds. In the yeah, I saw, I saw it on the Flames. Yeah. I saw it on the Flames. Um, uh, Instagram. Yes. Yeah, he's a center. Yes, indeed. See? I'm, so, I'm getting there. I'm the learning. last one... 
The last one that I got was the Flames and Capitals, and it was Curtis Glenn Cross from a little while ago. Now, the one I didn't get, I should have, and it was Hurricanes Capitals. And Anthony gave me all these hints. He gave me so many hints, including his initials, and I couldn't get it. And and I was just having a mental block. It's a guy that uh, they did a they did an interview while I worked at NHL NHL Network with. Um, and worked for Fox. Yeah, I I'm, gave I, I almost to the point said he works at NHL Network, but I gave him that he lives in New Jersey now. Hopefully that would. Get it, but it didn't. It didn't. I couldn't get Justin Williams. I gave you Con Smythe. Oh. I gave you Captain of the Hurricanes. I gave you three-time cup champion. Nothing. And the initials. And the initials. I, I, I couldn't do it. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I couldn't get it. But So I did much better. I redeemed myself this week. There is a redemption arc here. I feel like this is going to be an, uh, a weekly thing now just because it's fun. To, it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. We'll have to do one where it's live and we'll see how fast you can get it done. Okay. <laughs> we'll let you pre-screen it. We'll let you pre-screen it. Yeah. But uh, that's it for the grids. Grids are cool. Um, yeah, man. They're fun. But now, baseball, I don't have anything to yell at, which is it's nice. The Yankees have took uh, took their last two. They've won their last two. After getting embarrassed by the Angels, they've taken two of two so far. Um, the game is just starting as we speak, or about to start as we speak right now. Game three against the Royals. But I have a sickening feeling in my stomach that the Yankees are going to sweep the Royals and most likely sweep or split with the Mets. And then Cashman is going to think everything's okay, and then he's going to have a middling trade deadline. Or... I think he could possibly have the best trade deadline of his career. So I think it's a very, I think it's very mixed here. I think I think there's going to be a lot of fun content on the next episode, um, or two episodes from now after the deadline. Um, but I do have some little trade predictions here, just because um, obviously this is going to come out the week before the deadline. We were going to do another episode, and this was going to be next week. But unfortunately, our episode comes out on deadline day, and I don't want to look like an idiot. So, we'll look like an idiot a week early. My trade, uh, I have some trade packages and some some players. Mostly going to be White Sox, right? Because they're they're not good. So, my first, I think my first starting pitcher domino to fall, it's Lucas Giolito. Okay, his career has been okay. Um, he was the tra- he's traded from Washington to the White Sox. This is his I mean this is his contract here, so he's he's gone. He's gone. I think he goes to Baltimore, and I think he's going to sure up Baltimore's rotation. Um, Baltimore has a great bullpen. Uh, Yim- I think it's Yimer Cano, um, as well as Felix Bautista. Those guys. I mean they're unhittable. So eighth, ninth inning, you're not getting much. Their starting pitchers, where there's been a little bit of an issue, and they have enough of a de- they have enough of a farm system to go, to go get a guy like Giolito. So I'm thinking Lucas Giolito from the White Sox to the Baltimore Orioles. Next White Sox on the list, I have Mr. Tim Jackie Robinson Anderson, uh, and I think he's going to follow his nicknamesake Jackie Robinson. I think he's going to go to the Dodgers. I think Dodgers are going to get him. He could play short. He could play second as seen in the World Baseball Classic. And he's just been miserable on the White Sox, you could tell. I think he needs a change of scenery. I think the Dodgers can afford to take a shot. 
I think they're going to end up buying low, and I think he's going to do really, really well in Los Angeles like everybody does, you know, because that's what the Dodgers do. Next, we have one of my favorite relievers. Uh, I hated him, then I loved him. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's also with Chicago. You made a face. You're still not over that Yankee fight, are you? No. No, no. I don't care for when he hit When he hit Tyler Austin. That's another good name, Tyler Austin. Um, I think he's in Korea now, but... <laughs> That's what Hi, Savvy. Um, Joe Kelly, I think he's going to help shore up Tampa Bay's bullpen, and I think I'm going to have to hate him again even though I don't want to. So I have Joe Kelly, White Sox to Tampa. Um, my last White Sox that's going to get dealt is uh, this one's for you, Eli. Daddy Lance. Lance Lynn. Um, his numbers have not been good this year statistically. His fastball is about two miles an hour slower than – it usually has been. He's giving up a lot more hits, but he's also striking out a lot more. Um, hi. hi. He's also striking out a lot more batters. I think he's going to shore up a pretty good uh, a pretty good young rotation. I think he's going to be the veteran guy. I have Lance Lynn going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that works. Um, Seth Brown, he's with Oakland, so you know he's going to get dealt. If you hear little feet, if you hear little feet, that's savvy doing laps. So Seth Brown, I think he's going to go back to Houston. Houston needs somebody that can play first base. Jose Abreu has been terrible. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, the next big pitcher to fall, I think, is Marcus Stroman. Stro is having the best season of his career with the Chicago Cubs, who are middling. I hate to say it. Um, I think Stro ends up in Tampa Bay. They, they need another high-end starter, and I think Stro is going to do it. And I hate it because he's usually going to – he's probably going to shove it down the Yankees' throats like he always did. Uh, next up, I have my first Yankee prediction. Uh, I think they're going to go with Cody Bellinger, and I think they're going to overpay for Cody Bellinger, and I think they're going to give Cody Bellinger a contract extension. Um, Bellinger, obviously, the son of Clay Bellinger, who won a World Series with the Yankees. Um, so it's that Yankee bloodline. He's been playing a great center field. He can play both corners. He can play first base. He's a lefty bat. Um, he's on fire. I think it's. I think Ballinger to the Yankees is pretty much written in stone at this point for me, at least. Um, another pitcher that's on a very struggling, very bad team. We'll say, even though they're literally like one win streak out of first place in the AL Central. Um, I have Erod, who's with the Detroit Tigers. I have him going to Cincinnati, helping Cincinnati's uh, very young, very talented starting pitching staff. But I think they need an anchor. I think he's a good number two or number three. Um, he's a lefty. He's crafty. He's a vet. I think he goes there. Um, now, the Yankees always have that one weird, like, oh, why did they get this guy? Last year it was, um, oh, I can't even remember his name, from the, from the, from the Cubs, reliever from the Cubs. Um, I'm blanking on his name because he's hurt. Scott Efros. Efros. Scott Efros last year. The year before that, it was Rizzo. There's guys, I mean, there's a bunch of guys where it's like, oh, I never would have expected Wait that. Wait till you deliver this name. I think that this guy, this is going to be rough. I think this the, is another one of these guys. <laughs> oh, who, what you're saying? Or? No, this is another oh, one of these oh, guys. Exactly, yeah. that, who? Well, he's he's had a tenure with the Yankees. Yes. He's had a tenure with the Yankees. I think it's Chazen Shreve. Uh, I think the Yankees need another lefty. I think they're taxing Wandy Peralta out of that bullpen. He's got to shave again, though. He does have to shave. He looks Amish as hell in that picture, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks bad. He does. Um, I think Chase and Shreve is going to go back to the Yankees. He's been awful. 
on every team he's been with except for the Tigers. So maybe he's unlocked something recently. Um, I think the Yankees could get him for a bag of peanuts and uh, some guy in Hudson Valley. So Chase and Shreve, I think, goes to the Yankees. And then my last prediction, Monty, we love you. I love Jordan Montgomery. Always have as a, as a Yankee fan. And nobody check receipts because I've yelled at him a lot. But um, Monty, I think he is uh, – I think he's on the move as well. He's a free agent after this season. I think he goes to San Francisco. San Francisco, Nemo. San Francisco needs another, uh, needs another arm. Thank you. The Manaya signing wasn't great. The Alex Cobb Thank signing, I think it was you. somebody. Somebody's not good. Two of them. They have to. <laughs> I'm see. I'm stuttering because Sabby is adorable. She's handing me uh, all of her Finding Nemo characters. But uh, Monty to the Giants. Now I have some some packages for the Yankees that I would enjoy. Right. So I have one with the Cardinals. I have one with the Cardinals. I think they go get uh, the Yankees if they want to make a big splash with the Cardinals. Go get Dylan Carlson and Jack Flaherty. I think they grab the both of them. Flaherty, um, he's making less than Severino right now. Oh, Glaber just hit another home run. Nice. Glaber's been on fire. Two nothing Yankees. Um, notice Glaber's not on this trade list, by the way. But anyway, Carlson switch hitting outfielder with some team control. Jack Flaherty another. Middle middle of the rotation pitcher could do that. Now, this is a package that I put together, Chris. Now, I did this at work when it was very slow on one of those trade simulators. Mm-hmm. So, I have the Yankees, right? They need a catcher um, with Trevino going down for the rest of the season. After Boone lied about it, because of course he did. It's Aaron Boone. Um, lied about him being okay, but, oh, he's had this wrist injury since spring training that I tried to play through, which is unbelievable to me, nonetheless. They need another catcher, especially if Rortbet doesn't do well, which, yeah. I mean, you got to give, you have to realize, hey, he's a free agent after this year. You have control of Rortbet for a while. You need to give, you need to give Rortbet all of the opportunities. He's a lefty. I think you hit him against all the righties, and if you play a lefty, you give Higgy a shot. Anyway, um, there's this guy, okay? Now, I'm going to get you the exact stats because I really, really like this guy. His name is Riley Adams, okay? Right now, he's with the uh, Washington Nationals, and he's a catcher. His full name, Riley Keaton Adams. I just think that's pretty funny. Anyway, 2023 regular season. Now, he's buried behind K. Bear Ruiz, who was the main piece of that um, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner deal from the Dodgers a few years ago, and they—I mean—they're the leash with K. Bear is—it's the longest leash you have. They're—they're they're letting him play because you're not going to let him be a bust if you're the if you're the Nationals. Riley Adams, um, he is 27 years old, 6'4", 260, um, righty righty, uh, you know, bats righty, which we don't need another righty bat, but uh, in 79 at bats thus far, he's um, he's hitting 278 um, with an OPS of 843. So he's doing pretty well. Um, I think he can be a guy where they can let, you know, the, the, the Nationals can let him go for something decent. So I have him in a trade package alongside third baseman Heimer Candelario, who is a switch hitting third baseman. Now with Donaldson going down, I mean, this, this, this deal probably includes Peraza. Um, but you would get Riley Adams, you'd get Heimer Candelario, switch hitting third baseman. He could play every day. Having a resurgent season um, with Washington, who took a flyer on him after the Tigers kind of just let him go. They just, see you later. Um, 
let me get you his exact stats right now. Heimer Candelario this season is we're loading, we're loading, we're loading. He is in 343 at bats. He's hitting 257 and 812 OPS. He's always on base. Um, and he is a New York, New York, Manhattan kid, which is really nice. That'd be cool to bring him back. Most likely, I mean, he was born in 93 in New York, New York, so you know he's a Yankees fan. Um, I'm just guessing, but you know he's a Yankees fan. Um, he's been really, really good this year, and he plays a good defense, and he's a switch hitter, so it's a, it's a better upgrade than Donaldson. Next in this little package, I have a guy by the name of Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas was a farmhand with the Cardinals, 27 years old. He was dealt to the Nationals for an aging John Lester, which was a great was a great deal um, for the uh, for the Nationals. But this season he's batting 290, 825 OPS. He's a lefty bat. I'm sorry, he's a righty bat. Um, but he plays both corner positions in the outfield. I think he's great. And then one throw-in guy, right? The Yankees always love their their throw-ins pitchers and their throw-ins. Uh, that end up turning into something really good. It's a guy by the name of Thaddeus Ward. Chris, <laughs> I love this. Now, Chris, have you ever heard of Thaddeus Ward? So, when I saw this, <laughs> I looked him up, and I still have his baseball reference um, up, and I'm trying to find out if I know him from literally anywhere, and the only reason I know who he is is because he was on Central Florida in 2016. And I forget who on the Westerners went to Central Florida. Um, but somebody was talking about him being a prospect. And that's literally it. That's the only reason you know him. Yes. We love that. We love that. Now, he was drafted by the Red Sox. Yes, I see that. Um, I like Thad Ward just because of the fact that he is a sinker slider guy. And we have seen what Matt Blake does with sinker slider guys. So I think Thad Ward, I think it ends up working out. I'm trying to get his baseball savant page to load, but that page always crashes. I mean, he's terrible this season. He has a 70 RA right now, but, I mean, Clay Holmes wasn't great either. But he's a big uh, – he's a sweeper. I'm sorry. He's a sweeper, sinker, cutter guy. Um, and I think that – uh, Matt Blake can just work his wonders like he always does. Um, so that's my that's my little trade package. Those are my hopes. Now, what would the Yankees have to give up for these people? I don't know. Uh, will it be worth it if his name is not Jason Dominguez? Probably. Um, I would only give Dominguez up if it was a Soto trade, which I don't see happening. No. It would be cool, though. It would be really cool. Um, but notice I didn't put Shohei Otani on this list. Now, I didn't put Shohei Otani on this list. Because I think the Angels are incompetent and they don't know how to do things correctly. And they're not going to trade Shohei, even though they absolutely should. Um, but I think they're I think they're postponing the inevitable and they're going to be left with nothing when he leaves except for a compensation pick. So um, that was my little trade deadline thing. We'll see next week or in two weeks. Two, two episodes, we'll say, but it will be next week. Um, we'll see how many I got right, if, if I got any right. Um, if these people get traded or who they get traded to, we'll see. Um, but we'll definitely talk that over um, when we see you again. And now, let's get to the Grammys Grinders of the Week. Um, I'll start with mine first because Chris's is way better than mine. Um, not way better, but... Okay, so mine 
Mine is a Division Three football player, Chris, and I know you're familiar with him. This is great. Don't sell yourself short. This is great. I know you're familiar with him, okay? So uh, he played three seasons with Western Connecticut State University. He had 171 total tackles, uh, 22.5 tackles for loss, three sacks, one interception, which was a pick six, and we were on the call for that game. Um, And he had three forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. And he's one of the best guys... I've ever met. Um, he's he's awesome. I was on the team with him. Um, just a, just an all around good dude. He was a leader in uh, in the classroom. He was a leader in all of the meetings. He was a leader in the weight room. Um, just a very cool dude. I mean, we'd talk about wrestling because he would wear Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts and cowboy hats and stuff like that. Um, but and I'm I'm talking about him not as a player. Um, for those of you who haven't already put it together, if you're not familiar with WestCon, I'm talking about a man by the name of Kevin Maxson, okay? Um, he is from local guy. He's from the next town over from us, and, and, or at least from me. Um, but I uh, went to WestCon. I was on the team with him. All-around good guy. I mean, he drove, he drove my buddy to and from every meeting from both campuses. Like, great, great, all-around great guy. Now... You're going to say, ain't get to the point. Kevin um, recently announced uh, that he is um, he is gay. Now, I should preface that he is the strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Which is a sick job. It's have. an awesome job. Well, he's the assistant, so he does the O-line and the D-line. Um, but he is um, the Grammys grinder of the week because he is the first openly gay coach in men's sports. Um History, we'll say. Obviously, there has been some, but openly. First male American pro sports coach to come out as gay. Yep. Um, and I know a lot of people, I've read the comments and everything on Twitter and Instagram, and it's who cares. Right, who cares? It's about sports. Now, listen, Kevin, again, I've seen him. He worked with Baylor. He worked with Vanderbilt. He's worked for uh, Arm, the Army Black Knights. He's worked all over. Um, the guy knows what he's doing. He has one of, I mean, they were called Saxonville for a reason. Their D line was ferocious, and he is he writes the he writes the plans for the O line and the D line, um, strength and conditioning. So he's very capable of his job. So a lot of people say, "Who cares? Why does it matter?" And it matters because he said it best in his own words. And Chris, you have it pulled up, so I, I can paraphrase, but you could always go ahead and say it. Um, long story short, he was saying, you know, it's tough to hear all these other coaches talk about their spouses and doing this and doing that, and he can't. Um, and he said he owed it to his boyfriend. I believe his name is Nick. I don't want to get that wrong. Um, but he said he owes it to his boyfriend to just be out. And it has nothing to do with knowing Kevin. It had nothing to do with, ooh, look at me. I'm gay. I want No, it was none of that. It was, this is who I am. I'm very good at my job. I just don't want to, you know, for, for his sake, I want to be open about it. And I want to talk about he it. He said, I don't want to feel like I have to think about it anymore. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to lie about who he's seeing or why he's living with someone else. Yeah. I wouldn't want that on me. Absolutely not. Straight, gay, anywhere. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to keep that. You know. So, everybody that is saying who cares and this and that. I mean, there's a lot of people that care, and Kevin cares. So that's all. That I mean, it go, it's the same. That matters. You know. What it's I mean? the same thing about like not being happy where you're playing, or not being happy at a job. Like if you hide it, it's going to make you miserable. If you yeah. come out and say something, you'll feel better about it. Of course, and. uh all-around great guy, and who cares? You know? It doesn't affect his job because he's good at his job. Right. It doesn't matter. But good for stuff. him, 
It's a big. It's a big, it's a big deal. deal for him. It's huge for him, and it's huge for the LGBT community, which we're big supporters of here. We always right. will be. Hi, Hi Sabrina. Um, but my Grammys grinder. Um, shout out to the coach. Shout out to the player. More importantly, shout out to the dude. Um, we still occasionally, uh, I still DM him on Instagram occasionally, comment on his stories because the dude's still an animal in the weight room. I'm sure. But, uh, shout out to Kevin Maxson. Kevin Maxson, you are Grammys Grinder of the Week. So for my uh, Grammys Grinder of the Week, it, it's Grammys birthday and we got to talk about Grammy stats for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Grammy's Grammy's Grinder of the Week because, well, she spent 85 years on Earth. Uh, This is her fourth birthday in heaven. Um, Thousands of gardens weeded. uh, Thousands of flowers planted. Too many to count. Thousands of dishes cooked. Countless lives touched. She loves, loved... He, and this, I wish something good happened to this player in the past five years since she's four years since she's passed. But she loved Noah Syndergaard Noah. so much. Her <laughs> Noah, my Noah. Oh, there's my Noah. My Noah's pitching. The poor guy can't catch a break in his career right now. He's making a rehab start in a couple days. That's about all I got on <laughs> Syndergaard. He's having a terrible season. Um, and. I don't know if a lot of people that know her know this, but she's a legendary Can Jam player. <laughs> and I'll explain this very quickly um, before we close out today. Um, so there was a day, had to have been around 10 years ago. Uh, we were still at my old, my family's old house, so it could have been 10 years ago. Um, or 11 we had Can Jam, and if you don't know what Can Jam is, it's a game. It has it's like two black cans, plastic cans that have a hole in the top and a slot in the front of them. For and you, the object is to throw a frisbee, and your teammate has to bat it off the side of the can, in through the top of the can, or you try to go through the slot. It's like an instant win uh, when you're playing Can Jam, and there's a point system. And anyway. Um, I was on her team, I think against my brother and somebody else. I don't know, maybe my dad, my mom. I don't know who it was. We were just playing a friendly game in the backyard one day. We had a great backyard. And this woman slots the can jam frisbee before, like it was like the first time we were playing it. Slots it in her first game ever playing. Before I ever did, before my brother ever did, before anybody else ever did in my family, she slotted it, and I'll never forget that. Uh, she's a legendary Can Jam player, um, and we used to play this game. Uh, also, uh, it, we played this game with a tennis ball before my hockey games. Uh, when I was all the way through high school and even in college, we would play this game. Um, I take the tennis ball, and I would I would be on the ground at one side of the living room, and she'd be on the the on the hassock. Uh, yes, the water cup on the other side, and we take the tennis ball, and I would bounce it. And the ga- the object of the game was to try to make the other person bobble or drop the ball, and that would be one point for the other team. Three points wins. Dude, she would beat me <laughs> constantly. She her reflexes were insane. And so uh, she was a very, um, yeah, great athlete, and uh, that's Grammy. 
It makes me happy talking about her. So I have, I have, I've never, I never had the pleasure to formally meet Grammy. We were at the same hockey game, and it was kind of Aunt. This is Grammy, Grammy, Aunt, and then we left. Um, but I do, I do have to say, I want to add to your list. There's one chicken who's no longer hungry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that chicken's alive. But. But he wasn't. He didn't go hungry. No. What was what was she feeding him in the video? So what happened? And if you're on, if you if you know me or if you're still listening, go on my Instagram and we can post it on ours. If you we know. can do that. Yeah. Well, I posted the day after she passed away when I made a post about her um, in October of 2019, and I'm pretty sure it was the winter of 2018. And she was outside. It was chilly out. It had to have been the fall. The leaves were down. Um, she was out in her like pajamas and her jacket. With cornflakes. And it was a box of cornflakes or some kind of cereal, like a special K or whatever. And she was feeding this chicken. This chicken had always come to her property for like the, the whole season. And we knew whose it was, and the chicken always just got out of the coop. And um, um, and she thought it was a boy chicken, which I don't know how that makes any sense because it would have been a rooster. I think, right? Yeah. That would have been a rooster. Yeah. Yep. And yes. no? Yes. Yeah, a rooster's rooster a female. No, nope. hens are female. Sure. Yeah, right. It would have been a rooster. <laughs> and so, in any event, this this chicken kept coming over, and she was like, he's hungry. And I'm like, why are you feeding this chicken? It's not to be fed cereal. The chicken was eating the cereal. And uh, and a lot of people love that video. It's a good one. It's a great video. You might hear you might hear a lot of it soon. But yeah, okay. Grammy's grinder of the week is Grammy. She is for her birthday. Happy birthday, Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, well yeah, but she made she created the it. The go. It's it's named for her. So <laughs> it's the Grammys. The it's the Grammys. Uh, Grammys grinder of the week at Sports and Spaghetti. <laughs> Podcast. Like my I'm Empower Stadium at my life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but all right. Uh, I've been I've been Anthony. I'm Anthony, and uh, that's Chris. And as always, this has been Sports and Spaghetti. Um, hug your loved ones. Feed a chicken. Yeah. And as always, stay full. <laughs>